Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Shuttlepod podcast. This is the Shuttlepod episode number 71 uh, and we are recording this week uh, during the, the week of Star Trek Day. That is September 8th, uh, 1966 was the, um, the first time that uh, the original series of Star Trek hit the airwaves. Um, and then a little bit later, um, on that same day, uh, September 8th, um, was the first time that we saw Star Trek the Animated Series. So we have mm -hmm. uh, two important uh, Star Trek milestones that we are celebrating this week. Um, mm -hmm. This year, the original series turns 53, and the animated series turns 46. Uh, wow. Good for the animated series. I'm glad it's getting a little more love. Yeah, yeah, getting a little more, a little bit more notice. I noticed this year during Star Trek Day. Yep, and there's a new book about, book out about it. Yes, by our friends Aaron Harvey and Rich Shepsis. Yeah, friends, friends of the show. Yep. Look for a review and some interviews with that soon. I have it. It's a good. It's a great book. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. We saw preview copies of it in Vegas. It's really nicely done. And just before we go any further, I'd be remiss if I didn't intro myself and, and um, my co-hosts today. So I am Kaylee Yacovino, joined today by Matt Wright, Brian Drew, and Jared Whitley. So say hi, guys. Hey, y'all. Hi, guys. Happy Star Trek Day, friends. All right. So definitely we're going to talk about Star Trek Day. Uh, we wanted to sort of take this opportunity to reflect on Trek in our lives, um, <laughs> sort of, you know, seeing as this is the anniversary of the start of, of Star Trek um, and of TAS, we thought we'd look back at sort of our first um, introductions to the Star Trek franchise. Um, but before we do that, why don't we hit some news real quick? Um, not a whole lot going on right now. Yeah, it's quite quiet in Trekville these days. Well, people like, have their heads down finishing things is, is what really, you know, well, is, it's is the, it, work is going on. It, basically. It, it's also mm -hmm. it's the time for the um, the new season on television, but none of it is Star Trek related. Right. right. That's all. And so there's a lot of coverage about plenty of other stuff. It's a little harder to get headlines if you're talking about something that's not until next fall. Right. Hmm. So maybe a bit of a calm before a storm. <laughs> in terms of Perhaps. output and news, yeah, maybe. Well, in some ways, a calm after a storm, right? Because there was so much news from uh, from the Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Comic Con and I, Star Trek Las Vegas, not as much newsy, but still a whole summer of stuff going on. So mm -hmm. it's kind of nice, honestly. A little bit of a, it's like it, time to come up for air <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Yep. Yep. So, but totally. we do have a couple things happening. So um, Star Trek Picard, the world's most anticipated new Star Trek series, um, has finished filming season one. So that's actually mm. a pretty awesome, pretty big deal. Yep. yep. Um, have you guys heard much uh, fan reaction to that? People excited about it? Sure. But of course, they still haven't shown us anything else yet. So people won't be excited until they at least see something, I think. Yeah. You know. But it is cool to know the entire thing's in the can, and it seemed to be a fairly smooth production. Hmm. Yeah, it seemed like it. So now they're not a lot of drama. Now they're on to post production. Yeah, which is where so, lots of magic happens. So it's not quite, right. It's not like they're done, done. But 
Right, mm. and they're not going to be in a frantic rush because obviously yeah. the show's not coming out this year. Yep. We probably won't see it before January, so they've got many months to uh, fine-tune everything. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Uh, I think it's definitely creating, stirring more excitement than some other instances of the franchise in recent years. We just had the Comic-Con here in Salt Lake City over the weekend, and I felt like I saw a lot more people wearing Star Trek uniforms than I normally see. Hmm. Mm, There you go. That's good. Yeah. It's a good sign. You know, it's interesting you say that because now that you say that, I'm reflecting back over just talking to random Star Trek fans that I run into at work or what have you. And it's really like, remember when Discovery was coming out or even since it's been out, honestly, um, it's kind of rare that you run into a Star Trek, someone who calls himself a Star Trek fan who even necessarily knows about Discovery or mm. watches it. Yep. A lot of yeah. a lot of people know about it at this point, I think, Star Trek fans, but yeah. a lot of them are like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Is it any good? And yep. Well, with, seems to be a lot or, or the thing I hear the most is, ah, I watch the Orville instead. Yeah, mm. I've heard some of that too. I, I, I know some, some pretty each. big Orville yeah. fans, yeah. but yeah. But a lot of times it's people who haven't been keeping up with it. And now that there's not only Picard, but all these other series coming out, like that, I think Picard leading that charge. A lot of people are like, "Oh, what do you think about?" People hear I'm a Trek fan, you know, and then they're like, "Oh, what do you think about this or that?" Or you know, so mm-hmm. it seems it does seem like it's it's reaching farther into the into the fan base, hitting more than just like the hardcore fans. Well, yeah, a lot of that's because Patrick Stewart's uh, star mm-hmm. is so high. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, he and I I say this with a tinge of melancholy, but he. Play. It was in more X Men movies than than Star Trek movies. Hmm. It's true. I mean, more hours of Trek by far, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> you certainly. Look at it that way. <laughs> but in in the last twenty years, right? In the last twenty years, he's been in. Mm, that's fair. A lot of wow, X Men yeah. yep. movies and only one Star Trek movie in the yeah. in the twenty first century. That's crazy, actually. Yeah, I think too. You know, like the Next Generation has always been a hugely popular. Um, series but I think it's also very um, it's it's uh, time is ripe for the whole nostalgia thing yeah totally a lot of people in their 30s grew up watching Uh the next generation Yep. and so and like if you look at like memes online for example there are a number of next generation memes like the picard face face palm there's Mm -hmm. lots of Riker stuff some good like Riker reactions of course the Riker swing his leg Uh yeah popular yep meme yep so there's that one meme where data's they're talking the miners are like talking on the phone out of his belly and it says my my plan has unlimited data yeah yeah yeah. that's that that's been popular over the last couple years too yep seen mm-hmm. that making the rounds anyway yeah i think you nailed that one kayla is tng is sort of a got a, a late 80s 90s vibe and that's that's in right now that's know? in i i, yeah. I also so think, hot right now i think tng doesn't get enough credit for chumming the waters in the 90s for the explosion of of nerd culture in the late 90s and early 2000s right how about the explosion of syndicated sci-fi that's where that really was directly impacted yeah. Things like Andromeda and yeah, yeah. It blew the doors sure. open for syndicated sci-fi. Yeah, no did. question. Babylon Five, yeah. Firefly. Yep, Babylon Five, of course. Yep, yep, absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, TNG. I think has gotten everybody excited for Picard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No question. 
But there is yep. there is there are other shows uh, in the making as well, including um, season three of Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Which is in production right now. Our next little newsy item um, is that so F- Jonathan Frakes, beloved Jonathan Frakes, um, talked to Trek movie well, back in April um, and told us at that time that he'd been uh, he that he was going to be directing. Episode three of the third season of Discovery, and then a second mm. one later in the season, but we didn't know which one that was going to be. Um, and recently, thanks to a tweet from the official Destination Star Trek convention account, uh, we now know that he's going to come back to shoot episode eight. That's right. And of course, he right. just finished episode three and posted a, a little clapperboard, you know, from his production. So they have some probably doing episode or five right about now as we're yeah i'd this. say that yeah it's maybe five. on five yeah. if, if they're of a 13 of pace. a 13 episode order yeah although that has yet to be officially confirmed by anyone so it could well, be 10 we'll, but, maybe but we'll we find assume that out. it's 13 yeah maybe we'll find that out in new york and speaking of speaking new york of new york um it will be a star trek universe panel at new york comic-con yep where Patrick Stewart will be in attendance and a fair amount of the Picard cast I believe some of the disco cast Kurtzman and probably a few other creative folk I would think did they they say who of the Picard cast were going to be there did they just say Picard cast like at Vegas no they were a little more specific than than that Vegas thing Um, yeah they they mentioned people by name I can't remember them off the top of my head but a fair amount of the Picard cast, I would awesome. say. If Patrick's going to be there, that's exciting too. So, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah, it is. So we'll hear about that. Why? Well, presumably, we'll hear. We haven't got an official broadcast date yet for Short Treks. Yeah, which has got to start soon because they have six of them yeah. to tide us over until the new year. Yeah. So, so I don't know if they I guess they're not going to run one this month. So I, I assume not. maybe maybe they'll they'll start announce it October. that day and have a yeah. drop maybe the following day or something like that. Hmm, you could, think? Could be. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't think they'd want more time to promote it? Who knows? Uh, these are little <laughs> extras for them. It's really hard to say how they feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're good though. I I really like the short tracks. I've liked. Yeah. The, I've liked an and disliked them. Like I've had. I think they're a mixed bag. But some of them. Yes, they they are. They're a mixed. Bag. Some of them are quite strong. So, mm-hmm. but I have to say, so coming to Comic Con, we better actually see some clips now because Picard is done as far as filming. Right. And Discovery now has four to five episodes under, and yes. will, it will definitely have like five on episodes filmed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Discovery's got stuff in the can. They didn't have anything. They didn't have anything or they'd before, been pretty. Yeah. They've been in production for like a week or two. At, I think at the so. Time. Back in yeah, back then. Right. So back. So so they better show a little something from both of them at this point. I think they will. Everybody's think hungry, will. so I think they know that. Mm. They look Picard. There will be another Picard trailer or clip. There has or to be. probably a trailer. Probably yeah, a trailer. I would imagine Full a trailer. trailer. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, as we've said before, say it again, a lot of the future of the franchise is tied into that Picard show. Yep. Yeah. So they are going to go full tilt with it and lean into it really hard. So expect some stuff. No oh, question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No question. Exciting times. Yep, and we will be there. Yes, our East Coast contingent will be there. Yes, <laughs> yep. we'll be there. Thank you for representing us. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually not at the Javits, the uh, Star Trek universe thing. It's at the the Auxiliary Theater of Madison Square Garden. Oh. oh. 
So it's like an off-site thing? It is. It was off-site last year, too. Okay. Oh, didn't know that. All right. There you go. Yeah, it makes it easier, actually. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, because the Javits first is packed he's, during this whole thing. He's ginormous yeah. and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Anyway, so that'll be, that's the next big thing, really, barring, like, you know, any other surprises between now and the beginning of October. That seems to be the big thing. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in the next three weeks. I think it's all just going to kind of be dormant until. Yeah, uh, until unless they decide, unless they decide to, you know, announce short treks before the convention, which they might. Which, yeah, although if they do that, I bet you it drops the week, the same week. So it could be, could be, yeah, yeah, maybe. It'd be nice if they just hurry up and tell us, like, there's no reason not to just tell us the schedule. This It's kind of silly. Like, at this point, they could just tell us when they're, the next, the six are debuting. Yeah, you know? unless they haven't locked in the date for Picard yet, the official launch date. And That's true, they may is, be everything, a little, yeah. Everything mm-hmm. is based off of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, by the way, that's the other thing. I think we will get an official uh, date for the yeah, for the very, premiere. Very I think that I think we'll see that in October. I don't think we'll see that for Discovery. Discovery is probably going to be pretty. You know, show a clip. Oh yeah, not say much There's more. There's no way that they're going to. And that's it. Lock it yeah, down. they're not yeah. going to go too deep there. It's too soon. They, yeah. It is too soon. Um, it was interesting that you know there's no lower decks stuff. They didn't I mean not to say that they won't talk about it. They might, but there's no mention of lower decks in any of the uh, paraphernalia that's come out. Related yeah, and, to I, and I think that's just because they're busy making it and it's animation it's not something they can just yeah yeah no it's just interesting because they were they were pushing it pretty hard and it's not listed in any of the stuff so i just thought it was interesting i was wondering if maybe they just maybe they're going to push discovery up and move lower decks back so there's no reason to really talk lower decks right now maybe they'll Hmm. because discovery we were told may not run until later next year quote unquote right so maybe they rethought that because that's a long time. <laughs> if if say if say Discovery doesn't come back until like this time next year, that means it'll have been off the air for a year and a half. That's right? so yeah. that's so bad. Which, so which is yeah, Shows which is lose for a so show, much for, momentum. Yeah, and happens. for a show like that, that is let's face it, not exactly tearing up the fandom. Yeah. I think that's a bad idea. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe they're maybe they're thinking of moving it up. Yeah, they might, and then it lets you know? them you know because the animation takes a while, it lets them have more time to animate. You know, maybe Who so knows? we'll see. I mean, it's a good thought. Though. Anyway, that's, it's that's always a, fun. It's always fun thought. to speculate. Yeah. So. So I think that's all the news that's going on right now. So if you just can't miss a day of Star Trek news and we're planning to take a vacation to a remote island, probably <laughs> the next few weeks would be a it's good. Probably the best time. It's a good time. time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just looking out for those listeners out there. Of course. Good job, Kayla. Very thoughtful. <laughs> and that was all Kayla. That was not in the show notes. She just came up with that spontaneously. <laughs> just off the cuff. Yeah. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yakovinos, they call me. <laughs> they, 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 they do call for that. I can tell they you. They do, know. huh? <laughs> so, uh, we've talked about newsy stuff, exciting goings on, but let's get to what we actually came here today to talk about, which is looking back at Star Trek and how it started for all of us since this is mm-hmm. um, marking the the anniversary of how it all started for Trek itself. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You got you got what what are your guys thoughts? What's the first thing you think of when when someone asks you, you know, what was your introduction to Star Trek? OK, so I was thinking about it and my very first Star Trek memory was in first grade. 
I was drawing, you know, it was like a free time or whatever. I was drawing a picture. And I remember drawing a picture of the Enterprise and then coloring in. I didn't want to draw like a, you know, black void. So I drew really colorful background. And I couldn't remember if that was informed by like the pink barrier from where no man has gone before mm. or like from something from the animated series, right? Because there's some more colorful things they do there with the backgrounds. I, yep, no question. I, I can't remember what it was, but I vividly remember drawing that. It might have also been I just didn't want to draw all black because that's kind of bleak. Because that's that's lame and yeah. Yeah. So how Especially how old were you at this time? Uh, first grade. So how old is that? Six or seven? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Awesome. Um, that seems to be the magic number for a lot of people. Is right about six or seven. Hmm. Like, yep. They get introduced to it. Yeah, and I I don't remember like watching it beforehand. I just remember that drawing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. I wonder where you picked it up from then. Yeah. I'm not sure. Also, you know, for a kid to have seen the cartoons, that's reasonable, right? So it probably sure. came from that. But to have watched mm-hmm. Where No Man Has Gone Before, you know, in the in the mid eighties or, or, you know, whenever that was, that would have been a little harder, right? Because it's not like we had it on D V D back then. But it was in right. a prevalent syndication, though. I that is say. true. That's true. Yeah. That's what, TOS? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt, very, very, always. Very, yeah. very prevalent. Very prevalent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I actually, I want to look through, like, drawings that my mom has kept and see if I can find it anywhere. Because that would make an awesome... That's cool. That yeah. would make an awesome piece of art for this podcast when it gets posted on Trek Movie. Yeah. It would. Yeah, oh, if you can yeah. find if you, it If, like, if your mom could find that, that would be... That'd, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be, cool. be the cover photo. <laughs> yes, right. totally. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right now, I have a reason to to look for that. That's awesome. But so, Jared, do you remember what 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 the first time you saw Star Trek was like? Do you remember what? what yeah, like, do you remember the first was? episode Here's or whatever? The, the first time I remember sitting and watching an episode was actually it was sort of been a couple of years later. Was the premiere of TNG? And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, so I and I remember on on you know that was premiering on the you know, uh, the syndica- on syndication. And then at the same time that evening, they were showing Search for Spock, like on ABC or something. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. so my dad brought in the TV from the kitchen, and we, we had both going on at the same time. Oh, wow. That's fun. Wow, double barrel trick I like action. it. That's that's cool. And yeah. again, this Hardcore. was this was before, before you know, we had it all on, on, on DVD or streaming, it certainly. And so to have that going both at the same time was 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 That's pretty high tech, right? Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember just thinking, I mean, I liked seeing um, Lamar Burton because uh, reading Rainbow, right? And so that yep, was, of course, and, and mm-hmm. it, that must have been part of why they had both him and Wesley on there was to, to attract young vote, young voters to attract uh, young viewers, right? Because they had someone sure. who was a kid and who had, had done some, some work before that you might recognize. And then somebody who'd done that show on PBS specifically for kids, right? Well, and they were the mm-hmm. two most famous people at the time, right? They were. They were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, oh, by far. because of Roots and Reading Rainbow and Will Wheaton because of Stand By Me. Sure. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, nobody else was even in their, it was even in their league. And so yeah. I, I remember loving that. But I remember like just thinking that all the stuff with Q was so weird. Right, because it's very cerebral, <laughs> right? What is it's a, understandable, yeah. What does a kid have have to access that kind of thing? 
And I remember my mom commented that his outfit, remember Schreiber said this on the show already, his, mom, his outfit made him look like um, the, the, the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, so now whenever I see like at conventions when I see people dressed up that all I can think of is is Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I'm and I'm trying to think what other like from that night or other early Trek movies cuz I don't I don't remember like going to see Search for Spock in the theaters. I I do vaguely remember Voyage Home. Mm. Vaguely. Mm-hmm. And of course I remember when Shatner was promoting that on um Saturday Night Live, which is that kind of weird. Sure, right. mm-hmm. why, why would a kid have stayed up to uh, to watch Saturday Night Live? But I guess that's was part of the appeal. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I could stay up late. You to stay up late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway. So was there anybody? Did, so were you turned on to it by your dad? Was he a fan? My parents, who got married in 1966, watched it uh-huh. as newlyweds. Yeah. Right? Magic number. Yeah. So awesome. so we had had always had grown up with that. And I remember my dad telling me once we came in when I was like watching, uh, I don't know which show I was watching, which episode it was, but he started reminiscing about the first time he saw Balance of Terror, which is of course where we Ooh. we meet the Romulans. Yeah. And you know this Good was stuff. this was in their you know starter home or apartment as newlyweds on a black and white TV. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was just so engrossed by this incredible battle battle of wills between these two captains. And I look back at that now and I think there's absolutely nothing in the experience of watching any kind of genre fiction now that can compare to that, right? To experience that kind of wonder of something brand new when that kind of entertainment is so rare, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. now, like, it's a fire hose of everything, right? Yep. It's like you, yeah. you watch, you know, you read one article about Game of Thrones and then you go to YouTube and it's like a, a, a fire hose of... of articles about it yeah yep very true anyway so i was i was kind of uh jealous of him that he could have that experience but it also just showed how uh how well we were raised in the whitley household (laughs) (laughs) yes indeed and then every sunday we would watch next generation in the afternoon after church that was like our our ritual was we'd come home family tradition i like it and and we would watch tng together Nice. Yeah, and it, very nice. And, and, oh, that's cool. And what we do is, you know, and and instead of making like a big dinner, we just have like uh, uh, cheese and crackers and and fruits and vegetables and stuff. Just stuff you could finger food you could easily throw on the table. And to this day, my mom still uses the expression "Star Trek supper" when describing something oh, that's, no that, that's that that's uh, that <laughs> casual. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that's fun. that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, she even used it in an email uh, just a couple just a couple days ago. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. We'll have to get together all of us and have a Star Trek supper. There we go. Right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. And that's come full circle. When we finally get together and record a podcast all in the same room. It's going to happen one yeah. day. Yeah, one day. Which we could have done in Vegas, yeah. but like it just time gets away from you so quickly yeah. there. It's it's hard. I I think our decision to go to the pool instead was the right one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I agree. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, totally. maybe, maybe next year, maybe a podcast at the pool. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we get a waterproof speaker. <laughs> okay, and then shuttle pod underwater. And then, yeah. and then the other memory I wanted to cite, and this is you know moving a little bit farther when I was a little more grown up, is I remember my my grandma had a subscription to TV Guide, but we didn't. 
And I remember she saved the uh, the one about Voyager, like the pr- one predicting Voyager, right? Mm-hmm. That had mm-hmm. like um, Kate Mulgrew on the cover, and then like an eight page story with like pictures of all the new yep. cast or whatever. Yeah, I remember that well. And yep. I remember as a kid looking at that and, and just thinking, "This show has unlimited promise. This is going to be amazing." Yeah. <laughs> Well, it did have unlimited. It problems. did. It did. It did. It did. Potential. Good. So much potential. Yeah. And and I, yeah. I said it when we did our podcast about the the pilots that we did two years ago, right before Discovery started. But the first half of Caretaker is amazing. It is so good. There's so much promise in that first hour. Anyway, the network. I'm kind of digressing, but the, these are some of my more Star Trek Star Trek memories with Jared Whitley that <laughs> I was brainstorming today as we're getting ready for this. Cool. I'm trying to think if there were any like um, toys or anything that we might have had lying around that that were like one of the foundations. Because once they, you know, you got it enough into TNG and they were selling like those action figures with, uh, oh, Playmates, I think it was. Well, the very first ones were actually Galoob. And I had those. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think we had yeah. those. Mm-hmm. They weren't very good, were they? Those Galoob figures? No, yeah. they weren't great. No. That's why I went to Playmates a couple years later. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, what are some of your earliest Star Trek memories? Right. So, um, I have a very vague memory that I had for years been trying to remember, like what scene in in the original series I was exposed to was a very at a very young age, and sometime I don't know a few years ago, it finally clicked for me that at some point. At, the, at a very young age, I had wandered into my uncle, uh, who was watching TV at um, my grandparents' house. You know, we're all there together for a family dinner or something visiting. And he was, you know, kind of a casual Star Trek fan. And he had, you know, a, a TOS syndicated repeat, you know, in the mid-80s on. And I, for the longest time, could never really place it. And then it finally dawned on me that <laughs> it's Spock meditating in the funky room that they have in the cloud minders interesting that were, oh yeah. so wow so, the cloud minders so there you go so point, technically huh? although i i didn't really know much about it but of course the pointy-eared guy intrigued the heck out of me mm, sure and when i saw you know a spaceship and stuff i was you know smitten with it because at the same time i was you know i'm i'm that that generation that i'm the space shuttle generation right like we the space shuttle was like our symbol of like you know, where, where things were going. And so, um, you know, I had like space shuttle stuff. I had space stuff in my room back home or, and I was all about that, you know, at a very young age. So then this, you know, this show of like sort of real space explorers blew my mind, (laughs) you know, I was like, Whoa. And so I don't know exactly when I really started to actually sit down and watch Star Trek, but I know that that's the very first sort of vague impression I have of, the original series and so i and then for me i was sort of getting to know the original series at the same time that next generation the first season of next gen was on so i didn't actually watch the first season of tng like first run i was still mm-hmm. sort of finding tos right about then mm-hmm. and you were very little weren't you matt yeah yeah it was it was i was like six also mm-hmm. about. um and so um I actually was sort of spared season one of TNG <laughs> and started watching TNG. You weren't scarred by it. Hashtag but not yeah. that bad. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. Uh, but I think it's funny because basically I was 
I was spared some of that. Well, here's why I say spared because when I sort of caught on to what was going, you know, there are two now. There are now two Star Trek shows. Mm. This is amazing. Um, it was it was basically the summer of between season one and season two of TNG, and so I was able to sort of. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this or, or know this factoid, but because of the writer's strike in 88, they actually did a, a little um, quickly banged out from one generation to the next is oh, yeah. special, right? Remember that? Patrick hosted, that right? Patrick hosted, right. And so yep, they used that, that as like a filler for some of the syndicated time slots that they had already like sold season two into, but had no episodes for. Hmm. And so the nice part about that was what that did was they packaged up some like basically a synopsis almost of season one of TNG and like basically to sell people who had maybe heard word of mouth that there was a new Star Trek show on what had just happened and like why they should watch it and why and how it sort of you know connects to TOS and then moves forward it was basically you know because that this was before streaming in youtube you couldn't go find a youtube clip if you were if you had heard word of mouth you know right. then word of mouth traveled more slowly then so they realized that and made this little package for people who were kind of just stumbling around on to to watch next generation now that there was a new season right so it was actually really smart of them um so i essentially got a sort of quick snapshot of who everyone was and some scenes from season one and then just started watching season two first run and i'm actually really glad because of course as a kid i strongly identified with wesley and wesley is so much better written in season two than season one yeah so i'm glad about that part um so and then the whole syndication thing and um you know jared talking about sunday nights kind of thing so i remember that when i was first getting into it it was um it was saturday nights they would do a TOS and then and then a new TNG. So it was like back to back. And I, wherever I was, you better believe that like I didn't care else would care what was going on. Somebody had a TV in their house if I was like somewhere else. And <laughs> darn it, I was gonna go sit down and watch both of them if I if possible, you know. And then the cool part is I remember the, our local syndication. This is how popular, of course, Star Trek was at the time. Is our the local syndication there would repeat the new TNG episode the next day, so like Sunday around like noonish, it would be repeated again for oh wow. It. So, I mean, so that tells you just how popular Trek was, you know, in the mm. late eighties, early nineties, is that was going on, and so those that's what I remember like pretty clearly is that is that point in time. So, and who introduced you? Like a lot of things. I actually basically found it and took it upon myself to sort of become a fanatic about it. Like I say, I just sort of stumbled into my uncle watching it, but I took it upon myself to get into it. Um, My parents weren't really big TV watchers themselves. So that was basically on me. Like I was the one who was like, oh, what is that? Let me find out, you know, ask some questions about it and, you know, ask eventually figure out that there was a thing called the star trek compendium and ask for it for christmas one year oh wow Mm -hmm. things things like that so um, the great star trek compendium exactly yeah Mm -hmm. alan asherman's tome on tos basically oh yeah and of course flipping through that to get bring to bring it back to our other anniversary flipping through the compendium i found out hey there's an animated series too um and so at a certain point i don't remember when but sometime again the i late 80s kind of thing there were some TAS volumes on VHS and I remember going mm, to Blockbuster. A few, a few not yeah, many. not all of them at that point. 
yeah and so there were a few kind of volumes of TAS and so I definitely remember going to Blockbuster and and like having like you know having my mom basically like convincing my younger brother that this is what we wanted to rent you know like <laughs> mm. and renting a couple of volumes of TAS at that point in time and uh you know it's crazy Blockbuster is where I learned about TAS too because I was there with yeah. some friends like for a sleepover or whatever and we stumbled upon these videos of the animated series and I even though I think that informed some of my early memories like I didn't realize that it existed yeah. or that or that you could get access to it sure so, well, yeah exactly so we rented up as many as we could and, and gorged them that night Definitely. Yeah, it, it was a very elusive. The the animated series was a very elusive thing for a long time. Mm, it like, was, yeah. You could not get it throughout the eighties for the most part. It was yeah, not, yeah. It was not running anywhere. It was on. Um, uh, it was on Nickelodeon for a little while yeah. in the eighties, and oh, I, but it? I didn't. You know, but I didn't have cable. You know, like a lot of right. And I didn't cable. have cable until like eighty six or eighty seven. Yeah. So like, I missed all that. So I think and I like, saw one episode at a, at a like more well to do friend's house who had cable i think i caught a tas as a kid at one point mm. and didn't even realize you know like what i had you know yeah. caught at basically right. what i had you know, right. yeah so they were like these mythical things like i knew about them and mm-hmm. i had read the star trek logs that alan dean forster had done which were oh, the adaptations yeah. of the anime episode so i knew what they were and i knew the stories mm-hmm. but yeah seeing those was like finally was like almost like holy grail moment mm. as oh, a yeah. Star Trek fan because it was here here are these new Star Trek stories that yeah. I hadn't seen with the with the original cast yeah and mm. I mean for me I was a kid so I was like these are made for me because it's a cartoon you know what I mean yes I was very like, much so this is awesome you know yep yeah, I didn't yeah, even know so. about the animated series until much, much later into my Star well, Trek fandom. Well, that's it. It went to obscurity, kind of. It's kind of... You, yeah, you sort I think of at, Je- at Gene's behest, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gene did not care much for the animated series. He didn't consider it part of the canon. Right. And it's not a coincidence that it kind of reemerged after Gene died. Uh, yeah, I, I would... Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Because that was, that was then when suddenly you could actually find all volumes of like you know because there were two two or what like two per vhs or the ts right suddenly like you know there were like all 11 volumes or whatever were suddenly available Mm -hmm. like at you know the suncoast video store the sam goody or whatever all of a sudden you could find them all there next to the 79 you know tos episodes on vhs yeah they they, and they weren't that way in the 80s it was only in like the early 90s that you could finally see all of ts that's right i remember Mm -hmm. that i i do remember those alentine uh foster novels though they were good yeah they were they were oh then that's another fun thing um is i uh, is i um the one of the first things i made sure to do sometime in the in that summer was join the official fan club too as people remember star trek the official yeah, fan club yeah, yeah absolutely oh, yeah. with the magazine yeah, dad madison dad madison magazine right so i got yeah, started getting yeah. that and i had like you know they gave you a uh Star Trek official fan club like patch, you know, to show on your denim jacket because it was the eighties, and I totally Sweet. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally did that. You know, yeah, yeah it was, that's awesome. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. Wear it proudly. I did. You still have it? Oh God, no! I don't know where it is. Oh, it, was, darn. it was on some jacket from when I was like, you know, seven or something. But uh, no, I don't. But I, there's photo. But, there's photographic evidence of, of young geeky Matt sporting it proudly. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, so cool. that's so cool. Yeah, I love it. How about you, Brian? How did you get into Trek uh, when you were a young one? Well, I've been told 
by my mother that when I was like toddler, like around two two years old, when we spent a couple of years living up in Massachusetts, um, I watched it every night with my mother. Nice. My dad was my dad was going to um, finish up his college education after after work at night, so he was off doing that, and it was basically just me and my mom a lot during mm-hmm. the week, and. In the early 70s, that's when TOS was like on fire in syndication. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a huge syndicated hit. It was everywhere. That's when that's when the fandom exploded. That's when the franchise started to, you know, the original series started to have experience that reascension. And uh, so that's when we were watching it. So we would watch dinner every night, my mother tells me, and we'd watch the original series. Now, obviously, I was a toddler. I don't remember any of that. My first memory of watching the show was sometime maybe six months, maybe a little more before the motion picture came out. So sometime in the spring, maybe a 79, Mm -hmm. I walked into the living room and dad was watching the series. And he, I asked him what he was watching and he told me it was this show he used to watch in the army called Star Trek. Mm. Huh? And so I sat down and watched it. It was the enterprise incident. I remember it. Which was a great episode for a little kid to, to watch because there's a lot there's a lot going on in that yeah, episode. That's a good one. That's a much better season three episode than I first remember. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's got all that intrigue in it with, you know, changing identities, disappearing ships. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's like all this all this stuff going on. So I got that, that's my favorite episode of the original series. Really? Yeah. Mm. I enjoy it. I have a soft spot for it. It's, 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 it's a, a goodie it's for a sure. Especially if season yeah. three, it's a good one. That's oh, if, for season three. Oh, it's yeah, a yeah, ma- yeah, For yeah, season yeah. three, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Um, So that's what got me into it. So I, I was six. Yeah. Nice. So, and then maybe a few months later after that, the ads for TMP started to show up on TV. Oh, yeah. And... My dad was going to go whether I went or not, but he 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 and my aunt took me to see it. My aunt watched the series. My aunt's younger than my father, so she was like a teenager when the series was on. She loved it. So the three of us went off to see TMP. Um, and that kind of cemented my fandom, even though it was a kind of a hard movie in some ways to follow for a six-year-old. There's a lot of pretty um, visuals, too, though, at least. You there is. I mean? There is, and, you know. But that cemented my fandom, and then right after that, like Marvel Comics did an adaptation of the of oh, the movie, yeah. and then they did then they, oh, they're cool. all then they did yeah. then they did their brief little run that lasted a couple of years. Pocket Books got the license right after that for all the novels, and it all like basically I was there for the rebirth of the original series. Yeah. So I'm kind of an old line fan in a way, even though I was very young at the time. I'm kind of like you know. Most people my age, I think, got into Trek with TNG. Mm. Right. Mm. But I am kind of more of a... I, I came into it more like the folks who got into the show in, in syndication in the mid-70s. in mid You know what I mean? I'm like more of a... Mm-hmm. You know, I have more in common, say, with our friend Lori's fandom. Right. Even though Lori's like six or seven years older than I am, like we're just... Our experiences are more similar mm. because because of that. Um so yeah, so I I devoured everything like like Matt said again the compendium yeah was a huge, huge thing I read that backwards and forwards I don't know how many times David Gerald's The World of Star Trek was a big thing for oh, me oh yeah mm-hmm. um, 
it was just like yeah especially that first decade after i ended my fandom i could not get enough of it oh yeah of course "Mm." just consume it all oh yeah Yeah. i mean oh here's another fun thing i know you've had a copy of this forever forever too is i stumbled across about the same time i was voraciously consuming the compendium and things like that i stumbled across a dog-eared copy of the making of star trek at a garage sale of all places and was just like what is this and like had to have it you know yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, i used to yeah i would stumble on the star trek stuff at yard sales the photo story books that they used to have oh yeah yeah which which for folks who are too young to know what these are photo story books were basically the episodes photographic stills of the episodes 35 millimeter grabs with word balloons via comic book style so oh wow and it'd be the entire episode and they were really well done, and I used to be able to pick those up. They they did a few of them for, uh, I think, for the motion picture and the Wrath of Khan hmm. and a few other things. And they did a whole bunch of episodes. So that was another thing I I would like. I said I would find those in book used bookstores, like Matt said. You stumble on that stuff. Um, the World of Star Trek was another one. I mean, not the World, um, the, the Making of Star Trek, the the Whitfield book. Yep, yep. Which is which is like a bible for a lot of people. Oh yeah, I. I wore that thing. Like I said, I already had a dog-eared copy from the garage, so I wore that out. Mostly because I wanted the photos in the center. You know, they had a lot of yeah. interesting stuff in there. Yeah. And then I remember actually... A lot of Matt Jeffries' blueprints designs yes, for the, the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. early designs, too, that were, like, you know, not chosen. Really interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I got to experience a lot of it. A lot of the, you know, the movie series as it was happening. And it was exciting. It was an exciting time to be a Star Trek fan. It's yeah. cool. It was. It was. There was. You know, every couple of years, a new Star Trek movie would come I, along. I have and to say that's such a bummer. Like I remember those times from the sort of '90s version of that. It's yeah. Every couple of years you have something, and now, boy, we're in a very different time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think my like my fandom actually so, sort of blossomed in one of the null times. Really, because mm, so hmm. my first introduction to Star Trek was well, it was, um, I'm just about as old as the next generation, so um, when it came out, uh, you know, my my parents were were both fans of Star Trek, and so they were excited about the next generation, and they were watching it like when I was a baby, mm-hmm. and they would have, um, you know, friends over every week, was it Fridays I think, um. And they would, you know, all watch The Next Generation. And so it went on for seven years. And so until I was like seven years old, um, my family was was doing this. And honestly, I don't have that strong of memories of it happening. I just know that it happened. And so it was kind of a thing where like Star Trek was just a thing that was always around. Right. So I didn't think much about it. Um, And, you know, I probably saw them out of the corner of my eye kind of a thing um, and then started watching them when I was... I don't know, probably towards the end of The Next Generation, I started actually watching episodes. Um, Makes sense. But then it was really easy to find as I got older. So as I got into like middle school and high school, mm-hmm. I remember being in, in middle school and high school on our local Warner Brothers channel, uh, Channel 6. Every night they had one episode of The Next Generation at 9, followed by two episodes of The Simpsons, 10 and 10.30. Oh, that's a great mm, one. Nice. And that was, yeah. So <laughs> wow. I was like, Star as a, Trek. As a kid, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek Simpsons Simpsons every night. Love it. Every weeknight. I would, that was my favorite. And I, I remember so much so that like the Paramount logo would come at the end of TNG. And in my brain, I would already hear like the Simpsons 
theme song Star <laughs> King because awesome. it was just totally. like always the same routine. And so when I got into like yeah, middle school and early high school is when I went and started watching. And at that point is when I got to the point where I had seen every single episode because I was watching a new episode of Next Generation every night, every weeknight. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. So I got into it then. And as a fan, I but even at that point, I wasn't like reading the technical manuals or getting into more of the other fandom stuff. I was just like really into the show. And it wasn't like I was chatting with my friends about it. And like everyone, like sometimes my parents would be in the room watching it or they'd sit with me and watch it, but they'd already seen it. Um, so it was just like a thing that I watched and didn't think much of it until I started realizing Then I got later into sort of mid middle of high school that like other like I knew Star Trek was it had a big fan base. Right. But I didn't know like other people my age that cared about it. And I started realizing like other people my age did like it. Um, and one of my best friends of all time, Emily, who I we met in high school um, when she moved uh, to Arizona where I grew up, she moved um she moved into the state and we ended up going to the same high school when we were freshmen and then eventually realizing that we were both huge next generation fans. And it was the same story. Like her folks had watched it as well. And so it was mm-hmm. this time of me seeing someone else, my own age who like also has seen every episode of this sci-fi show, you know, about space and geeky stuff. And it was like, yeah. Oh shoot. Like there's a community of people. And then That's like awesome. that, not just that it exists, but it's like one that I could be a part of, you know, that was when yeah. that transition happened. And then I was like, hey, like Star Trek conventions are a thing and they still do them. We should go. And mm-hmm. I, I told my friend Emily and she's like, oh, my God, that's like an amazing idea. And so we went and some people from her family went and I can't remember if I think it was just me and her family the first year. And then subsequent years, like my folks have both come to a number of conventions um, and then at that point is when I started being like, oh, like that was me being sucked into the community of Star Trek. So my introduction to Star Trek itself was just through my parents. It was like discovering that I could go to conventions was me being sucked into like the broader Star Trek fandom. And so that was happening cool. like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So dur- like a little bit while Enterprise was on the air and then after Enterprise was off the air, really honestly, is when my own fandom started taking up, taking off even more. And I started watching all the other series. Um, okay. So can I, can I yeah. briefly? So in what, in what format did you watch them? Because like when, when, in the nineties, you know, TNG was on the air in syndication, uh, like mm-hmm. on repeats, like we talked about constantly, but then there was kind of a void in between when, when that had sort of run its course and, and when suddenly you had, uh, Star Trek on streaming on Netflix, right? Yeah. So in in that in that period there, it's sort of when it's sort of the a the apex apex whatever. What's the low one? The uh, the 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 nadir of the franchise, right? The the same time, for example, that the Las Vegas experience got canceled, or the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas got canceled. So where where were you finding this stuff? So this would have been like I got into it really before the experience was was can was was closed. Um, cause it was, let's see, it closed what? 11 or 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, oh eight. Okay. Yeah. So 11 years ago and yeah, it, it had right, existed it right for about 11 the years. The first Kelvin verse. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like 98, something like that, 97, 98 to 08, something like that. Um, so this would have been right around that time actually, like while the experience existed, but I mean, remember, so if it, if it, if it, Closed in 08, that was during the nadir. It was open for a long time. 
Um, right. Sure. That's true. So, um, but I, so I watched TNG in syndication and Voyager as well. I think I've watched, I must've watched Voyager. Maybe I watched it on UPN in reruns. You probably did. Cause that was, yeah, it was, it was common to see that um, while it was still airing to have like the first few seasons syndicated, like it, like, you know, the whole sort of dinner time, like evening time stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was common to see like the first three or four seasons in repeats also on UPN, you know, at other times. So yeah. Yeah, the, you probably did. I, yeah, I can't. And I can't remember what year it was, but I do remember. This is funny. <laughs> I do remember going to watch an episode of Voyager because um, I was getting. This is again. This is a whole world out there. I'm going to watch the series, and I started watching Voyager because it was on TV at a certain time every day. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember going to watch it one day, and the like pre-game show for some basketball game was on. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even the game. It was the, like an hour of pregame took over Voyager. And I'm like, not even, it's like, I would have already been annoyed if they had cut Voyager for the game, but they cut it for the, the hour of talking about the game before it even starts. I was so upset. Welcome to the annoyance of syndication and Trek got bumped all over the place. Yeah. Things like that. It's so annoying. But (laughs) so I was, as a kid, I was so upset that I found the phone number for my local UPN station and I called them and left a message complaining about <laughs> That's awesome. that, that I've forgotten about this that Voyager wasn't on and, and I really wanted to watch Voyager and why would they not show it for the pregame like who even cares about the pregame and I got it, well, maybe it was an email because I got correspondence back it was either a letter wow. really? or wow. an email or a phone call I don't remember for sure I thought I left the phone message but I remember getting correspondence back and they that person was actually really nice. They were like, because huh. I, I was like, I I knew I was being a stupid bratty little kid and just like complaining <laughs> yeah, about yeah. something, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. I felt empowered. So I got a message back and they, they were just saying like, like, look, basically, like maybe they were a fan too. I don't know. Like, like, you know, thanks for your interest in our network, whatever. Like. Honestly, basically just like the, the basketball pregame gets better ratings and it's just a numbers game kind of a thing. Um, yep. So it was like, it was the, the way the, he said the it was sad, very nice. Sad truth was, nerds have to face. But I, yeah, jocks beat up but nerds. It, you know, to their credit, I read that letter and I was like, oh, they actually like. That's actually really cool that they would respond. Yeah. yeah. That that yeah. really is. Probably because you were a kid, little kid. It was yeah. obvious. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I was like in high school. Like I wasn't that. Oh, young. So you weren't a little kid. <laughs> yeah, no. oh, so you weren't a little kid. Okay. Yeah. This, yeah. This would have been like. Yeah, well, it's like you say, maybe there's, you know, there's Trekkies everywhere, especially like working in technical things and like behind the scenes, sure. right, the, like the TV yep. station. Yeah, so I bet you some, some TV station person was just like, well, I totally get it. I'll be nice and like actually respond. And yeah. A, a form yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. See, kids, kids today don't know that you actually had to wait for things to come on the mm-hmm. air and even with syndication and things were plentiful mm-hmm. stuff still got bumped you still mm-hmm. miss stuff like we're spoiled today we really are well and you know i yeah. just realized too because jared when you said how did you watch it the other thing that came into my mind was how i got into tos so i think i oh yeah how did you i was sort of aware of it and i had probably seen episodes before but the first episode i have a vivid memory of sitting down and watching um is the trouble with tribbles on nice. vhs that my parents purchased in the gift shop of Star Trek The Experience. Oh, wow. Wow. We went when I was a kid. So this must have been right after it opened because I remember being pretty young. So like 
it must have been in the 90s so if it opened in 97 or 98 it must have been like 98 or 99 so i would have been like 12 or something like 11 or 12 something like that and i remember we went on the ride and you you know exit through the gift shop and my and my parents are going through the vhs and i remember my dad just goes hey hey my mom's name is susan he's like hey susan look at this and he, he has this big smile on his face and he's like it's the triple episode and she's like oh my god it's the triple episode and i was like this this is cool they're excited about it what is this and so they bought the vhs because they were just so chuffed that it was the triple episode um and that's the triple episode man everybody loves it yeah yep and it's a and it's a gateway episode for a lot of people yeah as you you know there you go it's perfect yeah so yeah. V. I, I don't think i still have it but i wish i did because it probably i wonder if it even has like an experience like sticker on it or something it might have yeah mm. that's cool yeah that's terrific I, I never made it to the experience in vegas i really yeah i'm actually kicking myself for having never gone i totally should have <laughs> I, we, I it was very very guys. cool it was very yeah. cool it was star trek mecca especially during conventions Oh when gosh. the conventions were at the Hilton, it was like, yeah. then that was my introduction to conventions, right? It was at the Hilton yeah. at oh, the experience. Cool. And it's like. So you got like the the, the, the snazziest convention. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, the Hilton was a pile of crap. No, but, but... I mean, like you, you basically <laughs> got the best, but you got like the premier convention to, the to be introduced to. The best experience because it's like, let's go live Star Trek for a week. Yeah, that's, that's like what amazing. It was. My first conventions were, you know, more were back when creation was still doing more regional things is yeah I, I had you know regional ones like in actually like you know a couple towns over i was able to go as a kid you know like my dad was very nice and took me because he's not actually like he's not a big tv watcher and so he wasn't really into anything you know but he was very nice and like would take me as like a you know a preteen and so but i remember you know the more local local or more regional creation conventions which were cool but they're nothing like <laughs> They're nothing like being at the start, at the experience. That's for sure. Yeah, it was like, something special. Yeah, yeah I my my first convention like that I went to it was James Doohan here at a hotel in Salt Lake, and it was just him, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yep, my very first one was with uh, Gates McFadden, and I think maybe somebody else. Oh, Eric Maynuck, who's the, who played the Traveler. There you go. That's the two people. Wow, deep cuts. I saw Shatner and Nimoy. <laughs> I remember seeing Shatner and Nimoy when they were doing a tour together around the 25th anniversary. Yeah. I, I did that. That's the one I saw, the 25th anniversary tour yes, of creation. that was did. awesome. It was, it was Bill Leonard and Adam <laughs> Miller. <laughs> what I remember was being incredibly tired because they were late. They were plane was delayed from wherever they were getting oh, into, no. getting into San Francisco, which is where I had to travel to, to see, you know, to see them. And, um, I just remember being, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 or something. And then, and then exhausted because they were late. And they're like, no, they're really coming. Like, we really swear. We're like, so sorry. Like, stick around. Like, have, you know, they're giving everybody, like, coffee or whatever. The adults, like, if they wanted it, coffee or whatever. And then, yeah, those guys burst onto the scene. And, of course, like, Shatner has always been a font of energy. So he bursts on stage. Yeah. And the whole crowd wakes up. You know, the whole crowd awesome. jumps up. And it was a lot of fun. I don't have a lot of... You know, I don't remember it very well because I was a kid, but I do remember that. You know, it was good times. That's pretty cool. I I do regret that I never saw the two of them on stage at the same time. Yeah, it, yeah, I. I they were good very together. good. I'm together. sure they were. Just like he has a spiel worked out solo, he had a really great kind of thing worked out. You know, with Nimoy, a, a, like a buddy spiel basically worked out. <laughs> it was good. That's good. 
And then there was a time you stole my bicycle. Yeah, exactly. That story, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. Did, did he tell you about the one where he put out the fire, too? You know? <laughs> Gotta love it. It's also, it's interesting, as much of this as we've done, to hear stories. And given that this is the glue of our relationship amongst the four of us, you'd think we'd have heard all each other's stories about this, but we mm-hmm. haven't. No, yeah. And so it, it's mm-hmm. fun that the, the well is still so uh, deep. Yeah, for sure. Cool, guys. Well, I guess that about wraps it up for our um, yeah. 53-46-year <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> retrospective. So happy birthday, Star Trek. 53 years young. Raise a glass of Tranya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's to 53 more. Let's hope. <laughs> All yep. right. Thanks, guys. Right. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye, everybody.